So we're going to dive in. We've got three segments as we always do. And uh, the first segment is going to be political hot topics. If you would help us out with a text to that number, uh, that would be great. Uh, because very honestly, uh, th this could be a, a slim approach if you don't support and, and uh, talk. Because um, these subjects could go very quickly. Uh, I've even at the end of my notes here, I have open topics sec session. So you be thinking of a topic that you would like to just uh, talk about randomly uh, at the end of the show if we've got uh, some time here. So uh, I asked these gentlemen this morning to uh, come up with at least one uh, hot topic that they've, you know, kind of passionate about or whatever the case may be. The one that I wrote down was how to combat the whole safe space blank. <laughs> Uh, because very honestly, um, it's difficult for me to talk about safe spaces and keep my Christianity uh, because it is extremely uh, counter uh, cultural appropriations and triggers. Tri yeah, okay, so tr triggers would be make America great again. That's a trigger. Um, conservatism, that's a trigger. White, that's a trigger. If so anything that pertains to yours and my right. what if you disagree with is a trigger. You better believe it. Um, so the, the, the latest situation that came across the blaze this morning was at some college. I think it was in New York. It, was, it had a Christian name like St. Mary or something like that. Someone had wrote on the whiteboard, Make America Great Again. And I mean, these people just lost their mind. And, and essentially, they accused whoever wrote it as, you know... A trigger. <laughs> yeah, it was a trigger. S suppressing them, uh, you know, m more white privilege, more white dominance, so on and so forth. So basically, in my humble opinion, the only way that we can combat this at this stage of the game unless we have folks, and we do, within our sphere of influence that can write books, maybe can make a wave, uh, you know, in, in the media. We have very few of those here at Bethel, if any, on the media side. But my point is, is since we don't have any quote-unquote big hitters on a national level, about the only thing that I feel like we can do is pray, and, and we certainly should. We should maximum prayer effort this situation as far as I'm concerned. But specifically, we should pray for those guys that are on the front lines, the presidents at these colleges, the, the professors at these colleges. I don't know if you saw the interview on Fox, a professor at one of the colleges in Texas, which, you know, Texas is always kind of, I'm hoping that, they, that they're kind of the last bastion of, if you will, redneck conservatism, where you can just be a, a American and not worry about it. Well, redneck's a trigger. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Microaggression. Yeah. Microaggression. There's another I phrase. I need to go to a padded room for five minutes. <laughs> so uh, he has had to stop having one of his main classes, and not so much because of the students, but because of maybe past students or people in the town that know what the class is about, which this is what the class is about. The class is about debating political issues of the day. That's what it's about. He, he's teaching them how to, you know, 
express themselves. We, we would even call it a debate class, you know, type thing. They that, discontinue that. Yes, be, because of the protests. That, no critical that, thinking allowed. They just shout allowed. them down. They, they come in the room and shout them down. Now, if I were president of that college, every one of those people that stepped foot on the campus would be taken to jail. And, Trespassing. And, yeah. Yeah. It's peace I, disturbance, I mean, right, whatever you, you call it. You know, you, you've got to, I mean, yes, there is free speech. <laughs> but, but, you know, the old saying is, your rights stop where my nose begins. And so this professor and these students that have signed up for this class should be allowed to participate in this class. Now, we've got to stop backing down. We really do. Well, that's what I'm saying. We, we've got it. So since we don't have the opportunity yet to be in that situation, and there may come a day they come in this building and try to shout us down, you know, uh, and, and we will have to, that will be our opportunity to lovingly take a stand. But until then, we've got to pray, write, uh, call, uh, text, whatever, to try to support these people that, that need to take a stand. You know, we've got an example here in Missouri, uh, Missouri University, precisely what happened. The uh, PC police took over uh, the whole microaggressions. One guy thought he heard somebody scream an epitaph across the campus. And the next thing you know, the, uh, the curator, the, the president of the college is not acting fast enough. And, you know, and he goes on a hunger strike. And then the football team says, we ain't playing. I mean, that, that, you talk about spiral. That spiraled into stupidity faster than about anything I've ever seen. So in, in a way, and I, I'm, I'm going to try to put it in my redneck conservative sure. thinking here. Uh, sorry, Thomas. Sorry. I mean to trigger you there. Uh, <laughs> I think we coined a phrase. <laughs> so th this is the ultimate in victim tyranny. So, so the victim is in control. Yes. So I'm a victim. So I have you the right to shout you down doing whatever it is making me because you're making me a victim. That, right. This is the ultimate tyranny of the victimhood. Right. Of, we redefined what a victim is. Right. You get to choose. It, it, you might not even have a, a scene aggressor, but yet you're right. a victim. And, and in this ultra liberal approach, if you will, progressive, being white makes you a perpetrator. Period. End of story. I don't know if you saw this, this story. Isn't that the basis for racism? There, your, your, your color of your skin is what. But since we're white, it can't be. Yeah. It can't we be can't racism be. if they are mad at us. It's because we're white, because of our privilege, because we've oppressed them. You know, two hundred years ago, so on and so forth. Um, and and white the, privilege is a trigger for me. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guarantee you. So uh, I mean, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Uh, because you are right, Gavin. I mean, obviously you're right. For them to say that the only reason I have what I have is because of white privilege, that's racism. That's the same. It's the reverse of me saying the only reason you have that car is because you stole it. That's racism. Right. For me to say because of the color of your skin, you can't have anything nice. The same is true. Because of the color of your skin, you got all you got. That's racism. And, and, and to Making any judgment call based on the color right. of someone's skin is racist. There was a phrase written on a public school whiteboard by a black student to her class, and it said, white people are the plague of the planet. That's what it said. And she was teaching the students. That's what it said. Open-minded. Open-minded. Okay, so that, that, that's my hot topic. Somebody else. It's just the latest means to be in control. I control the dialogue. Mm -hmm. So you, you uh, 
a point or declare yourself a victim and you control the dialogue. I'm a victim, you can't say that because it offends me. It's a trigger. I, I feel unsafe now. Uh, talk about the, the tyranny of victimhood there. Right. You up? You got, you got a hot topic? I don't know. My topic might be more aggressive than that one. I don't know. So I'm going to let you go. Here we go. <laughs> well, I'm freshly here, here, back. I don't want to be run out in the first five minutes. I think minutes. we've all three picked really uh, tr trigger topics. Um, m mine is uh, the prosecution of Hillary Clinton and how that's dropped to the wayside here. Now, I, know, I realize that Trump was and maybe still is going to be magnanimous toward Hillary and say, look, we're not going to pursue this. She's a political opponent. I'm not going to pursue this. But I still don't see any way that that would not be the best thing for the country, to see Hillary Clinton do some jail time or get some penalty for the crimes that she's done. In the United States, you talk about letting the rule of law affect someone politically connected like that, how that would affect everyone else who has abused the system or is abusing the system as we speak. Right. They're already challenging that. I heard there's a captain in the Marine Corps that is getting um, dishonorable discharge because he mishandled. And Some his photos. lawyer, his argument was, well, the... Hillary Clinton was able to do yeah, that, and she. Right. But you know, and that's one thing. That's I think, precedent. Yeah, I think we have to be careful though, because technically, so far, she hasn't been charged with anything in our rule because, of law. Because, because her party controls the Justice Department. Yeah. Right. You see what I'm saying? The evidence is there, Tom. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, based on what I've seen, uh, the the evidence is there. We, we have investigated ourselves and found ourselves to be innocent. Right. Essentially. Uh, essentially. Uh, now, obviously, I agree with you. I mean, if, if there's no wrongdoing, you know, she's scot-free. But if there is wrongdoing... Right. The, you know, and that's the book, Who Watches the Watchers. Right, right, right. You know? Well, and, and, and but I believe that the, the other side has a legitimate argument, too. Well, is she going to be guilty just because the Republicans are in it? Well, no, you know, and, and yes, that might That's be what it's going to look like. It's yeah. what it's going to look like. I mean, corruption's corruption. Yeah. Whether it's good corruption or bad corruption, it's corruption. Uh, and, and so... Um, the I don't want that either. I, any again, any faithful redneck conservative doesn't want somebody to go to jail just because you don't like them, and they don't want somebody not to go to jail just because you do like them. Oh, or they have political connections. Right. Well, right. And what about the thought? And I I heard it. You know, they when she didn't come out, you know, and she sent out a representative to not concede and that. The, the jokes were ringing that she was smashing the windows out of the hotel. You know, <laughs> and and I've heard some people say that, in essence her not becoming president is a lifelong punishment. And I, I believe that the country voted and punished her. Mm -hmm. They did not want her and, and the majority of the country to become president. And so she is suffering and did pay right. for her crimes. Right. That's all she wanted. But, but I, I, I'm still pressing for the, for the conviction here. And, right. I, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you well, I support that. I so, do. So I do. to not let anyone be above the law would be a huge message to what has developed into a, a leadership or a uh, ruling class right. in, in the no United doubt. States. Everybody should be on the same playing field right. as far as the law. And you take away the voice of dissension from the other side for the next four or eight years for the incoming President Trump. Because by association, Barack Obama becomes disc discredited. Right. And the, the other 
players, if you will, become discredited. I, I, I'm sorry to say that I, I saw Boeing was in cahoots with her. Uh, they would make a donation to the Clinton Foundation and miraculously policies would be, be sure. turned in their favor. There are businessmen all over the world who have made significant contributions mm -hmm. to the, the Clinton Foundation and got miraculous turns of, of uh, policy in mm -hmm. their favor. So that would make a huge statement worldwide right. if, if Hillary had some kind of penalty. And again, I don't see her in an orange jumpsuit. I, I, I just, <laughs> I, I, you know, and if Hillary ever hears this, this, is, this was my demise here. I'm, I'm <laughs> getting my, getting my, my suicide note. <laughs> my, my suicide. <laughs> All right. Um, Larry puts in about uh, what we were talking about earlier uh, with the hot topic. Uh, this is almost the same problem that's talked about in uh, God's Alive uh, 2, or God's Not Dead 2, uh, because, it, it, again, it, the, the, we seem to be going at a breakneck speed at complete open season on anything that smacks of conservatism, much less Christianity, uh, good old-fashioned Americanism, uh, exceptionalism, so on and so forth. Yeah, uh, I was just maybe an orange pantsuit. Randy <laughs> Rayfield said, I, "I love it." Maybe we can get our artists to work on that. So, uh, a biblical example for I just threw this out was Solomon and Adon Adonijah. Mm -hmm. Adonijah was the one that tried to jump in front of Solomon to be king. Right. And if you look at our political situation, Hillary had already been coronated as president. Uh, so Ed and I should try to jump in front of Solomon. Solomon said, no, um, I'm the king. He said, you've got, I'm putting a watch on you, essentially. And a few months later, Adonijah went to Bathsheba, his mom, and asked for the hand in marriage to one of Solomon's, uh, I'm sorry, one of King David's wives, mm -hmm. the, the wife that he had when he was very old. Mm -hmm. um, can't think of, think of her name. But, and Solomon saw right away the plot. Adonijah had to have the king's why sure to to make himself king and basically you you, you cut off the the betrayers mm -hmm. trump gave her an olive leaf and said i'm not going to probably pursue this and then she joined the recount effort in the three states to show her appreciation right. for trump's graciousness so i'm just saying if we don't if something's not done one we don't we lose an opportunity to reestablish the, rule, the of rule of law and yeah uh Hush so, the competition. Uh, again, and I, I'm not saying that this is the right way to go about it, because I think you should be truthful in everything you do. But uh, I, I'm not paying attention to anything that Trump does right now until Obama's out of office, because I, I believe, in my humble opinion, in his businessman way of thinking, if he shows his cards right now, then Obama will do everything he can to block them. So he's just going to go along, get along, let Mr. Obama go to his media center or whatever he's going to do, and then Trump, you're going to see what Trump's truly going to do. Um, the, I, what I'm curious, I mean, we, we have not had an attorney general appointed yet or a secretary of state, right? And, and we probably won't get those before January the 20th. Uh, it's hard to say, but uh, interesting. All right. Uh, we, we good on hot topics? Anybody out there? I don't I better get off. A, say again? I better quit. Okay. Whoop. If, if I, one one real quick thing, I was going to say, Jesus is always and forever will be the number one trigger word. Yeah, there's no doubt. No doubt. Right. And so I like that. John uh, 6, 14. Yeah. 
no, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. You can see liberals turn inside out. <laughs> and and uh, I, I think one thing, uh, first time in uh, probably my lifetime, I, we have a Republican president, mm -hmm. House, Senate. Yeah. Well, this is the where trifecta. The, this is where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Uh, especially on Roe v. Wade. Yeah. You know, we, and, you know, I think prayer, but I think in four years, if Trump doesn't get reelected and Roe v. Wade is not overturned, I think the country should have another shaking down of the mm -hmm. government. You mm -hmm. know that this is it's it's it, all the cards are on the table. Amen. You know? well, amen. Something doesn't happen this term. And, and one thing to think about, and I actually heard a, a commentator elude to that R word. Um, if December the nineteenth is pulled off with the way the liberals want it to be pulled off, and that Trump does not get enough electoral votes. I mean, who knows that, that it goes to the House, correct? That's right. Well, if the House does what it's supposed to do, he'll still be the president because right. they'll just simply, you know, do what they got to do to make the president. And within the Constitution, they have yep. the constitutional right to do that. And that's how the, the people voted. And, and I want to remind everyone because it's still out there, you know, Hillary won the popular vote. Hillary won the popular vote. And to that, you have to remind them, yes, she won the popular vote from 37 counties in the United States. Trump won the popular vote in 1,070 counties because um, there's like 1,100 counties in the United States. So Trump vastly won the, you know, what is that? 70 some odd percent mm -hmm. of the counties, uh, if not more. And so. Much more representative of right, our country. Right, much more representative of our country. And that is the purpose of the Electoral College so that he is the president of everybody, not just the biggest cities in the nation. And so, um, and again, and, and very honestly, I think Trump did himself honestly a, a disservice because he had been negative towards the Electoral College, and then when he won the Electoral College, he, you know, it's genius, it's genius. <laughs> ah, shut up, man, you're not helping yourself. Yeah. But the reality is, is that it is. It, there it is. It, it truly, the blue is obviously what, Hillary won, and those are the 37 counties that she won, and then did you do your Trump topic? won everything else. Did you do your topic? So, uh, he did. It was kind of, yeah, the abortion. Did you, okay. Was it your hot, political hot topic was abortion? Well, it, it just is what it is. You know, the hot, uh, it's always been a topic, and now the cards are in the Republicans' hands, and if they don't do something about it, I don't know what I will punch in four years. <laughs> well, amen, and, and, and that's the thing, is that I was going to, uh, and, and I got sidetracked by the Electoral College, and that is, is that um, if if the if if Trump is not the president, per the vote of the people, this guy on the radio is, is, is what's his name Stein, the guy that Mark Stein, yeah, Mark, the guy that fills in for uh, Rush. He said, "Be very careful, be very careful," and he was talking to the people that want the electoral college to to vote them out. So uh, I'm just saying. You guys got an item just saying? I do. Uh, I'm just saying I am absolutely, I was over politics, you know, a year ago, totally over it now. But I'm just saying all these people that said they were going to move out of the country when he became president, I wish they would go. I'm disappointed. Yeah, they're yeah. still here. I'm just saying I wish they'd make good Crickets. on the word and leave. Yeah, that's yeah, right. There well, you go. uh, Gavin, you got one? Yeah, well, yeah. You, if you have one, you go ahead. <clears throat> so... Uh, some of you know that uh, General Mad Dog Mattis was appointed Secretary of Defense. 
<clears throat> first of all, the nickname alone qualifies him for uh, Secretary of Defense. When he was first mentioned, the response some of our um, Bethel military. Uh, military guys had to him immediately piqued my interest and I started doing some reading. So I, I looked into some of the stuff that's put out there about him. I ran across this meme. It says, a rumor has it he has a bearskin rug in his den. It's not actually dead. It's just too scared to move. <laughs> that, that's the kind of guy you want. Is this going to be the Chuck <laughs> Norris? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. He doesn't do a push-up. He pushes the rest of the world down. <laughs> that's yeah, right. Yeah, I found a quote on him. Be polite. Be professional. But have a plan to kill everyone you meet. <laughs> I like that. In the Secretary of Defense. That's a quote of his? <laughs> That's one of his quotes. I love it. Yeah. Mad Dog Mattis. Well, yeah, we, we need some of that. We, or a we president really with a mustache. Yeah. We need a good Fu Manchu yeah. mustache. <laughs> All I right, don't see so Trump with that. <laughs> not to one-up you, gentlemen. Mine's a little more spiritual. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I'm kidding you. Uh, you may or may not know that I had the opportunity to preach at Brian's uh, ordination service. So uh, I'm just saying, preaching your deceased brother's son's ordination charge was a lifetime achievement. And I came up with a pretty good heavenly fantasy uh, I was preaching about to the church to not have unrealistic expectations of your pastor. I truly, years and years ago, you folks wouldn't know this person, but this person approached me during a song service, the meet and greet, and said, Brother Ben, I've been in the hospital this week, and I sure would have loved to seen you. To that, I said, did you tell me you were in the hospital? To that, she said, no, it sure would have been nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I hope there's going to be a slapping ceremony in heaven. <laughs> it'll be gentle. It'll be, it'll be for uh, emphasis only. <laughs> Symbolic. You know, yeah. Come on, man. Anyway, all right. So uh, now we go to uh, seasonal challenges. And so again, I challenged and asked each person to just come up with what, in their opinion, is a seasonal challenge to them. And again, if you've got a seasonal challenge, meaning Thanksgiving and Christmas, winter, this time of year, uh, you know, we're, we're at the end of a semester for school folks. Uh, if you're in college, uh, finals coming, and I mean, just fill in the blank. Basketball's in full swing now. Uh, football is mainly wrapped up on a high school level. Uh, but, you know, what are your seasonal challenges? I've got here from mine that I, I'm full-on firefighter approach, uh, which is whichever fire is burning mm, hottest is where I'm, you know, I'm on my, my truck going to it. Um, and and my, my answer to that, uh, be, because that's not the best way to be. That, that, that's not the optimum ministry approach. Uh, I'm trying to be accessible to the needs around me. Uh, if something, which, you know, you could argue translates into <laughs> which, whichever personal fire is burning brightest, you know. Because uh, for me, and, you know, I, I don't know where you guys are at, but I'm certainly as human as the next person. If I'm not careful, I get wrapped up into stuff that doesn't matter, you know and um, the tyranny of the urgent. And I forget which president it was, but he had a, a stack over here that he called urgent, and he had a stack over here that he called important. And when someone would come into his office, it, it, you know, well, we gotta do this, we gotta do this. He said, wait, 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 is it urgent? And the guy said, oh yeah. He said, put it right there. And he'd put it right there and he'd walk out. And he would never look at that stack, <laughs> never. 
Not going to be run by that. Right. The next guy would come in and say, sir, I do have something when you have time. And he said, is it urgent? Oh, no. And is it important? Oh, yeah. Put it in the stack. And he would get right to it, you know, type thing. And um, so the, the urgent things usually take care of themselves. They do. The important things are the ones that you need to give your attention to. And in my life, the urgent things are usually things, you know, possessions and stuff. Whereas the important things, if you will, uh, hesitate to use the word thing, but are attached to people uh, and needs uh, and, and situations like that. Comments? No, I, I, Give me some pretty advice. Much the, the American way. Yeah. Running one party to the next or run event to the next. We've got to get this done so that when we have company over, it won't be a mess. Right. So forth and so on. Yeah, you can let that run your schedule. Right. And I'm guilty of letting it. Well, schedules are insane. I haven't seen many of you guys in a month or two. You know, I've been hitting this, and I'm still in college. Uh, <laughs> why? I don't know. Started a new career, which is massively taxing on time. And it's really showed me how important time is. But I was just sharing with Pastor Ben in his office with a couple minutes before we came in. I think the only thing that's kept me grounded is I've stayed in the Word. Right. And it's like, it's been insane. You know, it's like I've got a lot more white hairs, a lot more few hairs. And, uh, yeah, but staying in the Word is definitely. It can definitely, be worse, Thomas. Trust me. It, <laughs> it can be worse. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, just learning how to balance that time. And I heard a quote, um, Neil Postman. He wrote a book called Amusing Ourselves to Death. And this was wrote in the 80s. And it's what, what, say that again, I'm sorry. Amusing Ourselves amusing. to Death. Uh, amusing. amusing? Amusing ourselves to death. Amusing entertainment. Our, yeah, entertainment. And I think we're so consumed with that, like, in, in all things. You know, the political discourse was entertainment, basically. Right, right, right. right. And people just spent so much time in that. And uh, there was a quote, though, that uh, shocked me. And he said, the invention of the clock has single-handedly challenged the power of God mm. more than any invention ever created. And I stopped and I thought about that. And I'm like, you know, I don't have a clock in my home. Now, the digital stuff that comes with it, I've always despised clocks. And, and it makes sense because we live by that. Mm -hmm. I got to be here. I got to be here. Got to be here. Got to do this. Got to do this. And we forget about all other things. And uh, it was just, it was an amazing quote that they, we live our lives by the clock. God did not invent time. God created. And we're here. And, and we live and by Live and die by that ticking machine. You bet. Redeem and, the redeem the time for the days are evil. So, yep. Well, and and, and that's Work the thing. You know what, what what does that what does that word mean? Redeem. Buy it back. Buy it back. Buy it back. Right. Make Buy it, it back. Make it valuable. Make it. That's exactly right. And 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 I so I I believe that there is there's a, a happy medium or a fine line there. We have to get to where. We don't let this schedule run our lives, but we but we run it, you know. Um, so, uh, amen, amen to that. You can let a you can let a routine schedule mm -hmm. become your master. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, if, if if you you know you gotta plan your work and work your plan. Again, there's there's just an absolutely <clears throat> fine line there. Again, I think that the key is for us that when, when, when a need comes and hits us right in the face, are we willing to push everything away in our schedule and, and do what we need and to do? And if you can make, I mean, if it is truly somebody in need, if you can make that a family event, right. the more people include in the right. deal, I think that's legitimate. So. Well, and, and here's something, it's a seasonal thing. 
Um, I now work for Six Flags. I don't know if a lot of you guys know that. And Steve Reed is one of my bosses. So if you miss being at church, get a job with Steve Reed. <laughs> and uh, it's amazing. And, you know, just the other day we had, um, we had a Christmas party. And there was some homosexual couples there, there. And they were openly kissing and making out and all that. And it's stuff that we don't normally see on a daily basis. That's a basis. trigger for me, Thomas. I'm sorry. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and it was challenging to a bit. Well, that became a lunchroom discussion. And I sat back. I was quiet for a while. And it was neat, though, because watching Christians, like you said, we've been quiet for so long. And he was standing up. And he was voicing his biblical truths. And people respect him too much to argue. Right. But they were listening. And then... I couldn't handle it no more, and I started it, you know, and it was too, not against four, but it's like yeah, the discussion was over. God right. won. Right. And, and so speaking of being at Six Flags, talking about a holiday in the park this year, mm-hmm. that's been a neat thing. Um, Mr. Reed said, you know, we can get 250,000 people in here for Fright Fest, but I can't get two people to come to church. And it, it bugs him, you know. It's, yeah. it's you know Halloween and gore and that. Right. But this holiday in the park, if you haven't gone, is Christian. I've heard great it's stuff about amazing, it. Amazing, you know, and the the live nativity scenes and that, and it's such a different aura. And seeing that now and being like, wow, I hear Jesus over the radio right. and stuff. It's just neat. So cool. that's opened up a new thing for me also. Cool. Yeah. So my my seasonal challenge is this telescope's right out of your discussion here, letting things be uh, driving. Uh, me instead of me driving things <clears throat> I, I'm trying to make it a point to do something or to make Christmas meaningful on a personal level with not necessarily everybody in my family but at least two or three people I want to write some kind of meaningful letter to them in in encouragement you know in summary of where we are in, in time where mm-hmm. we are in our, our progression of life and make it meaningful to them and I've also tried to make a, take an inventory of people who I've been impressed to to contact or write um, and make sure that I follow through on that. Many times I've thought, well, you know, I had to write them a letter, and I never do. So I'm, I'm making a, an effort to try to make the, that happen, especially in cases where I just feel led to to talk to them or, or to send them a note. So well, just trying to make Todd's it Well, not here, but I get to gig him because he'd say, what's a letter? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, we're writers. We like writing letters. Yeah, sort of handwritten stuff. Kind of. Well, something like it. and I do a lot of my writing with this thing. I go to my notes, and you know, I type it in, or, or I go to the voice notes. And I mean, I can't tell you how much content I have, you know, on, on there. I usually lose it when I change phones, but nonetheless, um, I've got it until then. I cut and paste the email to myself so I can put go. it in a word document. If, there you go. If I died in a terrible accident, if somebody listens to my voice memos. They're going to think I'm insane. I got some <laughs> wild stuff on there. You know, you, you, those thoughts are in your head, oh, yeah. especially when you're trying to write. You yes, yeah. you want to get it right. out. Amen. That's like so. And if you're driving, you shouldn't be writing. I'm just who, saying. Who knows what's on there? Yeah. Uh, so we, we got just a little bit of time. So, so let, let's just, you know, grind the gears here just for a moment. But just in the area of seasonal challenges, um, Brother Ron Fritz for pastoral appreciation, buys me a federal duck stamp for the last two years, and so that means he wants me to go duck hunting. <laughs> so we went duck hunting last year, had a ball, went duck hunting this year. Uh, Sunday we had the uh, ordination, and um, Sunday morning Ron said, "Okay, we're you know we're set up to go tomorrow." And I said, "Okay, what time do we we need to leave? When, when are you going to be at my house?" He said, "2:30," and I went. Oh. 
<laughs> okay, 2.30. Shock to the system. Wow. So anyway, we literally get in the truck. I ate two pieces of summer sausage and two pieces of cheese at 2.50 in the morning. Uh, and I ate two cookies at probably about 8 a.m. And I ate three more pieces of summer sausage about 3 p.m. So at 4 p.m., I mean, I'm, I'm ready to eat a horse, you know, just French fry the whole thing and just eat it just like well, that. It turns out, Gordon, you want to talk to Gordon? Yeah, Reed, yeah so. Gordon or Doug, you bet. There's <laughs> one available. With that said, um, the hour, the hour, right, <laughs> the hour that we had left in our drive, we talked solid about food. I mean, that's all we talked about. <laughs> and I was afraid to say, are we hungry? Because, you know, I, I didn't want to get it started. But it, it was hilarious. So with all that said, uh, you got any special plans for Christmas meals? Is there something? We've talked about this with Thanksgiving. Is there, you know, do you guys take a break from turkey for a Christmas meal? And please text in your opinions and uh, ideas. We do monkey bread. Monkey, monkey bread. bread. That's a big Christmas morning thing. That's a trigger. And sausage so balls. You know. <laughs> for diabetes. In certain, in certain circles, <laughs> that's a trigger. And uh, sausage balls, those yeah. cheese and sausage balls. Yeah. Every Christmas. Every Christmas. Um, very good. Tom, you? We've talked about it. We've done it twice on Thanksgiving and uh, about doing our Christmas dinner at Steak and Shake. There you go. Why not? It's unbelievable. We've done it twice for Thanksgiving. Sadie just, calls that milk and shake. Milk and <laughs> shake. Milk and shake. <laughs> yeah, just, just forget all the hoopla and yeah, let's just go, go have and a meal. And the two times hey, you'll still it. have the typical two-hour wait before everything's ready. Yeah. <laughs> that, that one in Eureka needs to be shut down. Wow. Those are steak and shake yeah. sponsorships. Sullivan, I mean, you might you, you can do it by the calendar. <laughs> I mean, it is it's, not, it's not unbelievable. Much different. And, yeah, the one at Fenton's kind of that way, too. You would never, and don't get me wrong, I love steak and shake. I'll eat the world out of their chili. I don't ever go there if I got something to do the next day. I mean, <laughs> okay, so anyway, sorry, a little bit of a rant there. Uh, any, anybody else on um, special food? Christmas foods? Yeah, special Christmas foods. Uh, I, I miss my grandmother because when we would walk into, uh, she, we called her Gigi, and um, Grandma would have blueberry cheesecake, German chocolate cake. Uh, it'll come to me. Coconut cream, pecan, all of that. Now, I never understood this word or this phrase or the furniture, but it's called a buffet. And she had one of those old-fashioned buffets. Now, when I think of buffet, I think of Chinese restaurants, you know. Uh, but this was an old-fashioned furniture buffet, and she had that sucker full of sweets and it, it was amazing all right so uh, uh randy or julie says chinese food <laughs> fa ra ra i'm not really sure what fa ra ra means look at what thomas That's show him your note I, I, I read it. <laughs> okay you wrote the same thing and then christina fogg new year's we go out for chinese there you go now <laughs> as a southern boy we never did it as a family but we were always told you got to eat jowl and uh black eyed peas mm. or purple hole peas you know, and um, then the, the fellow I went duck hunting with was telling me about their particular uh, thing. It was, um, <coughs> I can't remember now, but it, it had black eyed peas involved. And um, there was something else. Herring fish. Uh, uh, potatoes, fried potatoes and the such. Oh, uh, sauerkraut. Sauerkraut and like Polish sausage 
and black eyed peas and whatever else. My I've mom seen. always ate herring fish. Really? For and, New Year's? And it, like she ate, she ate it backwards. It was like. So tail first? Yeah, it was some weird. Who knows? Okay. I don't know, but that was. Superstition or some kind of. Uh, Tradition or so something? Don't ask me. I had carried on, so one. I don't know. Each How many adult refreshments were? <laughs> uh, you've heard my testimony, I'm sure. <laughs> All yeah. right. So I know I'm getting older because. Go, Gavin. I, 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 when I go to a restaurant, I do kind of a cost-benefit analysis of decision tree before I oh. choose. That, that You know, you're getting old. Uh, this means I'm going to wake up about 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs> not worth it. So I love each it. Each item. I love yeah, it. Yeah, cost-benefit on each item. Well, I know I'm getting older because I'm feeling the necessity to exercise, not to get stronger, faster, or thinner, but just to maintain a livable level of mobility. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. I'm, I'm thinking, Lord help, i got to well, exercise just so I can keep bending over. You know, <laughs> uh, I, One day, the wife at the house, because ever since the hip situation, when I bend over, it, it's a process. You know, And so one day she said, does it really take you that long to do that? And, and I'm like, honestly, no. And, and I, I showed her. I, I went down and got it and got, and got it. I said, but you pay for it. It hurts, you know, type thing. And so uh, I, I am to that point where I need to exercise just to keep the mobility that I have. Tom, you got one? I knew I was getting older just the other night. We uh, had our company Christmas party, and it was at the Ameristar Casino. I'd never been there before. There Big banquet hall. Yeah. And so they gave us a great meal, and we are like, you know what? We've never spent the night away from the kids since they've been born. Sure. So almost nine years. And I didn't. I, it got over like 11 o'clock. I said, we're not going to drive home. I said, let's just get a room. We're yes. like, yeah, that's going to be fun. So we get a room, beautiful room overlooking the Missouri River. Party's over, and it was 11 o'clock, and I'm like, <laughs> I look at Lindsay. She's asleep. And I'm like, we're getting older. Party's over. It's a comfortable bed. Yeah. And we went to You're sleep. at the age uh, that yeah. you get a room to sleep. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Welcome aboard. Right. So, uh, our third segment, we're going to talk about maximum prayer effort. Uh, Sunday night, we did a maximum prayer effort on the uh, presidential cabinet, praying for uh, our new president-elect for the cabinet that uh, he's picking as we speak. And then I got this letter this week, and, and this is just tremendous stuff, so I'd like to read it. And then uh, after I read this letter, uh, I'd like for us to discuss uh, what basically should be some of our next topics uh, under maximum prayer effort. I would like to do an MPE, maximum prayer effort, churchwide, once a month, once a month. So, dear friend, God is never surprised. Again, this is from Franklin Graham. The election of Donald Trump shocked the pundits and Washington elite and even surprised some of the candidates' own voters. But it is God who cleared the way for him. Whether he fully realizes that or not, that's because whichever person had been elected, the rise and fall of a nation's leaders happens under the sovereignty of God, who is often working in larger ways and with a longer perspective than we can know. The Bible says wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. Daniel 2, 20, 21. No one should think that electing Donald Trump will fix our country, and amen, amen to that. America is still a sin-saturated and divided nation. Trump himself is a leader with human flaws. Elections matter, and this one will have lasting consequences, but only God can heal and restore a nation, and that comes through committed, faithful prayer. 
When the people of Israel asked for a king after centuries without one, God gave them one. But the prophet Samuel reminded the people that ultimately they did not choose their national leaders. Take note, the Lord has set a king over you, 1 Samuel 12, 13. The new king was inexperienced in governing, and God made no promise that things would automatically turn out well for either the new king or the nation. Instead, Samuel presented the people with God's pathway to success, placing responsibility on both the people and their leader. If you will fear the Lord and serve Him and obey His voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. 1 Samuel 12, 14, 15. After anointing the newly chosen ruler, Samuel made a personal commitment to his nation, the king and the people. I hope you, and Franklin is saying this to you and I, I hope you take his words personally to heart for our own country today. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. Will you make that same commitment to pray? During the tumultuous national election of 1860, America was in political chaos. The man who emerged to become the next president had very limited Washington experience, was considered uncouth by a significant part of the electorate, and won the election without a majority of the popular vote. Anybody tell me who that was? Jackson. 1860. Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln became one of our most effective presidents, and several years into his presidency, a well-known pastor in New York pinpointed the reason. The prayers of God's people made President Lincoln what he was to the nation. Donald Trump is, of course, a far different man than Lincoln, and the conflicts and issues in our country today are entirely different than in 1860. But we know that God can use any leader. We as God's people can have a huge impact if we take our responsibility seriously and are diligent. Always to pray and not lose heart, Luke 18.1. Will you personally be a part of that? Ask God to use this man he has allowed to be put in place despite human shortcomings to further his great purposes in the nation and the world and pray also for the incoming vice president, Mike Pence, a man of faith who said he was grateful to God for his amazing grace in his speech right after the election. The one sure path to national restoration is through repentance. The Bible says, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Pray for America. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ has the power to change hearts across our nation or anywhere in the world. And I know that reading does not usually make good radio or good preaching, but this is extremely important stuff. As I write, I am about to leave for, to leave for Myanmar to preach the gospel at a crusade in Yangon, that country's largest city. It is a huge answer to prayer that this door is even open. Myanmar is a Buddhist-dominated country where the Christian minority has long endured persecution. A recent change in government brought somewhat less restrictive policies, and the churches moved quickly to invite us to come. God is clearly preparing hearts there. Local churches asked one of our associate evangelists, Robert Cunville, to preach at a series of rallies north of Yangon during the build-up to the festival. At least 1,500 men, women, children opened their hearts to Jesus Christ in repentance and faith. We give God all the glory. Pray for those new believers and for all those God draws to himself at the festival. In the new year, I look forward to preaching the life-changing message of the gospel at evangelistic events in cities like San Juan, Puerto Rico, Vancouver, Canada, and also Norway. I'm also looking forward to preaching the good news of Jesus Christ during multi-city tours in the U.S., starting in two states, Tennessee and Texas, I will tell you more about these tours soon. Our associate evangelists, including Robert Cunville and my son, Will Graham, 
are scheduled to lead crusade events in two dozen other cities in India, Thailand, Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. Pray that God will open hearts to the Savior in each place. So far this year, more than 1.3 million people across America and around the world have told us they made a life-changing decision for Christ as a result of God working through the ministry of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. We thank Him and give Him the glory. As we press forward to the end of this year and into the next, we are grateful to you for continuing partnership with us through your prayers and gifts. Amen. That, that was extremely encouraging. Guys, I, I'm going to tell you, and I don't mean for this to be anything except factual. We are not Southern Baptists. But we do not have to be Southern Baptists to support one of the greatest missionaries and greatest evangelists of our day. And I'm not talking about Billy Graham. I'm talking about Franklin Graham. And please don't get me wrong, Billy Graham, you know, if, if Franklin can be half of what Billy was, you know, he will be still the greatest evangelist in this day. And so um, I, I feel led of the Lord to support this man, uh, to support him by doing like him in the maximum prayer effort, so on and so forth. But I, I thought that would be an encouragement to you. Amen. Amen. And I, I think uh, personally the, the real work begins for us, for conservatives, for uh, Christians, in January. Our real work begins in January. No doubt. And we have an opportunity to affect culture like never before. And we have got to break into education at every level, at every opportunity. Uh, to, to start having kids taught our real history mm-hmm. and, the, and the point of America. What's the point of America being a country? Mm-hmm. If there's no point to it, then the heck with it what it doesn't matter right. let's vote the person in excuse me let's vote the person in that gives us the most stuff but there's a reason that America came to be a country and it was to one glorify God the founding fathers had that as a, a I think a, a primary goal in a nation that's free and ruled by the rule of law that no man is above it that there's that, that didn't have to be a sovereign but that God was re- recognized as a sovereign and the rule of law was to to govern free men those that would not self-govern yeah okay because if we self-govern according to the rule of law we won't need that's right. someone else to govern us that's right and the more irreligious and riotous a people the more the need of tyrants that's a very rough paraphrase right of right, right father so a people that's well behaved and moral doesn't need a, a external a strong external leader. control amen. that's right amen good stuff uh, so let's talk about um, a monthly approach. And, and this, this is for talk at this point, um, but j- just love to get your ideas. Uh, I kind of went through and tried to attach an idea, whether it be uh, calendar-driven or, or whatever, to each month. Uh, but January, uh, obviously on a Christian level, abortion is, is made, you know, January is the month that, that the Christian community ask, asks the churches to highlight abortion, you know, the, the plague of it, if you will, the, the immediacy of it, you know, that, that we need to be constantly aware of it. So that might be a good, you know, point for maximum prayer effort uh, to, to, to just get together uh, for an hour as a church to pray, quote, unquote, against abortion in this land. Comments on that? Amen. You, I, can I mean, think I can of any other subject that would be better? Marriage. Marriage, families, right. And well, I've actually got that in... February okay. for Valentine's Day. Amen. Amen. Love or marriage. And, and again, you guys are welcome to text in. 
Uh, so that brings us to March. I put basketball. <laughs> what? March Madness? Come what? on, man. Come on, man. I'm going to have a good team in there. I need some prayer. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so uh, Easter, Easter walk would be March. But again, we're, 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 just, we're just, you know, this is for giggles. And this is our last year before we take a break. Correct. Right? Correct. All right. Uh, April would be Easter uh, to pray for an evangelistic event and opportunity. May, I struggle with May, graduation, summer. I'm now, gonna... you understand that if there's something going on nationally any of these months, then that, would, that might, you How know. How about a revival among young people in America? Mm, I like that. National revival or international revival for young people as they start on their journey in life and in the real world. I think a series defining what a revival actually is. I think people talk about it a lot. Not many people have ever seen it. And maybe just give them a glimpse of what revival means. Cool. So June uh, VBS. Anything else going on in June that could be a topic for maximum prayer effort? My birthday's in June. <laughs> Pray for Tom's Thomas. birthday's in June. Uh, part of the problem right now, impossible for Trump to go after her until he's in office, plus the story on that Marine was writing the specs of part to the company that made it. The press keeps saying we are against women's health if you stand against abortion. Yes, they, they do say that. And again, controlling the languages. Right. Controlling language. Nobody could be more pro. Christianity has stood as a safety net for single women, pregnant or not. All right. For per perpetuity, in perpetuity. Right. And we still are. Right. Amen. Uh, Brad Miller types in uh, uh, MPE topics, uh, burden for the lost. A absolutely. Um, could we hit abortion again in June? We could. Need to. Second wave. While you're typing, when you get an opportunity to be nice to people, it's awesome to just always be nice. And I had a, a funny <coughs> thing today. I got a text at 5.54 a.m. It says, how's it going? And there's a smiley face. And I typed back, good. How are you? And the person texted back, I didn't know who it was because I don't have their mm -hmm. name in here. And it says, wait, is this Nita or Larry? <laughs> <laughs> and I put, I put no. And it said, so who is this? And I put, just a guy named Tom. I figured you wanted to talk. <laughs> and they typed back, oh, okay. I'm so sorry to bother you, Tom. Sorry to bother you. Thanks anyways. You are so nice. So I was just like, you know, I'm yeah, baby. You're nicer Tom. than I am. A stranger <laughs> smiled. When, when someone says, and and they've called or texted me. Who is this? I'll say, you first. <laughs> Dude, you first. You call. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, I, yeah, I, Some, I, pray for me, Tom. Pray I must have me. somebody else's phone because somebody the other day said, where are you? And I didn't know who was. <laughs> and I said, I'm at work. Why? Well, you I, locked, meet? I locked my keys in my car. And I was like, I'm sorry. I don't know what I can do to help you. And it was a stranger. Would you like me to and call somebody? And they texted back, and they're like, who is this? And I told them, and they said, oh, my... It, she actually called me That's and, and started talking to me. You know, her daughter and this and that. I was That's just, awesome. I don't know, make friends with people I've never met. So. And, and, and this is going to sound hateful. It's not meant to be. There are some lonely people out there. Yeah. They really are. They're, they're hurting. <laughs> they really are. I was surprised how much she was sharing with yeah, me just amen. by talking. Yeah. So uh, July, I put camp. August, uh, school starts. 
Uh, September, I put deer season. <laughs> again, just trying to be silly. Um, but seriously, what, what would you pray for in September? I mean, again, we might have to just wait for a national, <clears throat> if there's a national event going on. But September, I mean, what, you know, other than deer season for redneck, what, what is going on in September? Ed education system. It's when they start. Well, that's school. what I, August school starts. So I put that in August. And yes, that was my first thought, but school does technically start in August. Is that right? <clears throat> so uh, y'all be thinking about uh, September, what, what could be a good MPE for that. October, I just put question mark. Again, I, I was struggling. Of course, November could be Thanksgiving uh, or election season because, I mean, isn't there a vote every November <coughs> of some sort, whether it be small, local? Uh, and then, um, of course, there should be a national need that is paramount each month that would or could take precedence. Okay. Well, we've, uh, believe it or not, we've eaten up the time. Uh, by my clock, we've got three minutes, but we can certainly stop early. Uh, if there's not anything else that you guys want to talk about, you got something? One thing real quick. Sure. Love him or hate him, Eric writes. I guess you guys heard. He's, about his wife, yeah. Yeah, his wife got um, robbed uh, right. at gunpoint right. by a 14, 15, and 17-year-old. They've caught the kids, and I've already heard pundits saying they can't believe he's doing what he's doing, but he is meeting with the families to talk about violence and whatever it is at least looks good on the surface you mm -hmm. know it's the first time Amen. i've seen you know them actually and we've got a problem in the state and in our city with violence and he's approaching it i believe the christian the right way to start now he did preface it by saying i'm glad i didn't catch him first but you know i'm well, glad to see politically he's doing but, it all right and and, and I, I i agree 100 percent we could argue whether he should have said that publicly or not but we all, as husbands, feel that way. And, and I'll say this, that... If you're worth your salt. Yeah. Any, uh, what's the word? Any conceal and carry person, it, it might have ended up in two or three deaths. Right. You know, and rightfully so. Because they were putting her in absolute, you know... Harm's way. Harm's way. Um, so, and, and I... <clears throat> we, we talked about it here on the radio show... Uh, it was probably a year ago now, but some person, <laughs> I'm being nice, some person on the blaze, uh, obviously for gun control, made the, the absolute asinine statement that there has never been, uh, you know, a situation where a crime has been stopped by a person carrying, a, you know, concealed carry. It happens every day. Yeah. It happens every, every day. day. And, and it happens almost every day in Missouri type thing. So uh, if you want to read some of them, some of the accounts, the NRA magazine yeah. has them every, every edition. Month. Every yeah. edition. Yeah. Amen. All right, guys. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Pray for Tara and uh, Todd. And uh, Jeff couldn't be here tonight. but uh, So, Tom, thanks for pinch hitting. Uh, did a great job as always. God bless you.